This episode is thanks to The Polar Room. Rejuvenate, relax and restore at The Polar Room. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello and welcome to episode three of season two of the Left of Field podcast. Like always, I'm Danny Kavanagh and today I'm joined by a very exciting guest. That is the West Coast Eagles strength and conditioning coach, Jordan Stairs. Jordan sits down with me, chats about the West Coast Eagles heading into round one. They've got a lot of injuries, so he's... He is very busy out on the field. He also chats to me about high-performance sports. It's really important, you know, to get those athletes fit and healthy all year long so they can perform their best, and his role has become more important than ever. So why don't we just jump straight into it? I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Please like, subscribe, do all of that stuff, and let me know how you feel about the Left of Field podcast, what kind of guests you'd like me to bring on in the future. I really appreciate all of you and all your support. So uh, enjoy this episode. Jordan, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, thanks for, you know, coming on chatting to us. And a few injuries have kind of accumulated over the this preseason and the off-season. What is your role in getting the team back to full strength? Um, yeah, so my role is with the whole squad. So I work with both the healthy and the injured players. So generally, I do a lot of the strength work. So, particularly muscle and joint injuries, there's obviously a strength loss component that happens after those. So, ensuring that our players get that capacity back as quickly as possible. And then also a little bit of the end stage uh, on-field rehab as well. So, ensuring guys have got that sort of high-end function back to go into training drills and, and yes, hopefully uh, stay healthy when they return. For the modern... AFL player these days needs to be pretty well-rounded. How do you make a program to fit, you know, agility, strength and endurance? We collect a lot of data. So players wear across the AFL or wear uh, GPS in every game, collect a lot of data off-field in terms of their strength and power and that sort of thing as well. So even when we get them, uh, when we draft them, we generally have a lot of that data from their state 18s or state 16s campaign so we have a pretty good idea of each individual's physical profile and then it's about comparing that to the role that they're going to need to be able to play which might be position specific or it might be role specific and then it's just bridging those gaps so some players might need a you know a little bit of everything whereas whereas some players might require development in a specific area you mentioned data, and obviously there's a lot of new technology out there de- these days. What role is technology in these current high-performance sports? It's critical. I don't know if your average punter watching probably realises how much data is collected um, on each player in each game and then also through the week as well. There's whole roles at, at football clubs and even you know in, across all sports that are, are dedicated to sort of farming and then running analytics on this data to, to ensure that our programs are as good as they can be. Can you give us a bit more of an insight? What kind of, you say we wouldn't understand, you know, how much you're actually recording. Are you got trackers on the players all the time? What kind of statistics are you trying to collect? Yeah, so players are wear GPS. That's pretty commonplace in most elite sports at the moment. In other sports, so say NFL, for example, they're, you know, they've got accelerometers in the helmets, so they're measuring 
sort of collisions and that sort of thing. Premier League, they've got ISO cam, camera systems around all the stadiums. So there's a, a camera that tracks each individual player through the game. So we, we're probably a little bit rudimentary in some of that stuff in the AFL, though I would still argue that we, we probably use it as good as anyone. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so what's in a situation where you've kind of seen that this technology really help a player? I think it's probably our programs can be much more closely tailored to what happens in the game. So obviously, particularly when you have a, an athlete coming back from a long-term rehabilitation, you want to be able to replicate some of the game demands without the risk of actually playing a game to prepare them for that. So using... GPS to identify what are the areas that we can get out of a specific drill or what can we get out of this particular running activity to reflect those game demands and ensure that the level of training is highly specific. I think that's probably its greatest advantage. And so obviously, you, like you say, you don't want them to you know, injure themselves again or come back too quickly or overexert themselves. To, to be the best, you've got to play the sport. You've got to kick the ball around. But you've also got to you know, work in the gym and build yourself back up. How do you kind of manage that? Uh, yeah, well, everything is a bit of a, it's a multidisciplinary decision-making process. So we've got a big team of strength and conditioning, sports science, medical. We've obviously got the coaching staff football manager, doctor, who all have input into them making a decision about a return to play. We use as much data as we can to inform that decision and then it is a, a risk-reward and then ultimately you also need the player, player to be comfortable and confident. Um, so that it, it's a sort of a, a big decision-making process with a lot of moving parts. And so what is some advice you'd give maybe to some young footballers out there or footballers joining, you know, the team coming in for their first season in this elite environment? What kind of areas do you think that they need to focus on? Is it building the strength? Is it being able to do it all? Because, you know, they're still young kids. How do they kind of get to that level? Yeah, I think for kids being drafted, I think that one of the key areas from a physical point of view is just being a good mover. So back when I first started, they, the kids that we were drafting had generally had no gym experience whatsoever. They generally had played a lot of footy and in, in a lot of cases maybe had injuries or niggles from playing lots and lots of footy, whether it be you know school, club, state, all these leagues um, without necessarily the sort of physical movement training to keep them healthy. So... I think focusing on just being able to move well, basic fundamental movement patterns so that when they get into the AFL system, we can load them pretty quickly without having to spend two years teaching those patterns. And so then outside of training, how important is it that, you know, these athletes focus on other areas and to help them on the field? What other things do you see elite players focus on outside of, you know, lifting weights to kind of get their bodies ready? Being being a professional, actually, I'm going to rephrase that, being elite. So there's a difference between being an elite and professional. So being elite is taking real pride in your craft. And the best players, all the players that I've seen that have got the most out of themselves are elite. So they're elite with their recovery, do all the right things off the field, uh, elite with their 
preparation, getting to the club early. They have a routine. They stick to it. Uh, they, they're the kids we love to see come through the door when they get drafted. And how big is then the mental side of the being in a high-performance environment with your strength, your conditioning, but then also, you know, in rehab? Yeah, it's massive. Rehab can be a pretty lonely place. The the mental resilience that it's taken to, you know, get through a long-term injury is, is pretty significant. That side of it is, is, is massive. And part of it is only really developed through doing it to an extent. Yeah, what are some tips that you kind of give players to kind of get through those tough times? How do you assist them and what's your role? Um, I think it's just setting small goals along the way. So when you do sustain an injury, you still have usually the rest of your body works pretty well. So it's not a case of just, you know, taking the foot off completely and resting up when you have an injury, it's finding out what you can do and then setting some goals in that area and doing it to the the, um, the best of your ability and using it as a bit of an opportunity to, to work on things that perhaps don't get the same priority when you're playing games, whether that be, you know, watching extra vision or, or working on your upper body strength if you've got a lower body injury. You, if you've broken your hand, then you can build your fitness base and, and become a really good runner. So there's generally always something you can do and it's about identifying what that is and then really being elite in working to improve that area. Yeah, using that time to level up somewhere else. Yeah. Are you lacking a bit of energy? Are your muscles a bit sore? Are you not sleeping as well as you usually are? Are you looking for something to kind of give you that burst of energy? Well, why not give chirotherapy a go? The Polar Room in Subiaco gives, has chiro chambers. In these chambers, you stand in there for about three minutes in negative 30 degrees. And in the end of it, you've got increased circulation, vitality, and you can burn up to 800 calories. Now, this service is amazing. I actually went after my booster shot this week. So maybe if you're feeling a bit down, uh, you want to head out there and give it a go yourself. Why not go to their polar room in Subiaco and when you're booking your first session, use the code left of field and get a nice sneaky 15% off. And trust me, once you go once, you'll be going back and back again every week for just three minutes. It is amazing. All right, guys, give it a go. How did you then get into all of this? Did your passion for high-performance athletes and strength and conditioning come from? I studied full at UWA. In my first summer, there was an internship going at the Western Force, which being a rugby boy, I was quite interested in. I didn't really know what was involved from a strength and conditioning standpoint, but it sounded cool, so I went down. I missed out, but they let me spend a week there. And that was sort of where I was worked out that was what I really wanted to do. So I went and volunteered in the Waffle. I did my bracket at West Coast back in 2013. And then I, I got a job in the Waffle at, at Perth Footy Club um, and then started with West Coast Fever netball the year after that. So what have you noticed? You've obviously been in quite a range of different fields from rugby to netball to AFL. What have you noticed that all these athletes have in common in their strength and conditioning and where, where are the differences in the sport? Well, from a strength and conditioning standpoint, pretty much every sport requires you to be strong. 
and strong can mean something different to different people. So it's not necessarily being able to squat 200 kilos for everyone, but there is a base level of strength that's required to compete at the highest level in any sport. I think the mindset piece is pretty similar across sports as well. You know, just the, being a competitor, that, that doesn't change. It's probably more the sport probably determines the, the small details more than anything else. And obviously the last few years you would have seen a lot of changes with like we've mentioned before, new technologies have come in, but also COVID has happened and players aren't, you know, weren't able to probably stick to their regular programming. What has the last few years been like in your role? Yeah, there's certainly been some challenges. So we have had to do some things a bit differently. We've had to do a lot of home programs for when guys just when we you know, the whole state was in lockdown and we had guys in isolation and we, we've had to do a fair few quarantines flying in and out. So we've had to probably work under some, some different circumstances. But the, the principles that make up sort of physiology are still the same. So it's just working to the best of what we have. And so looking ahead into this season, is there any big changes that introduced for this for the strength and conditioning or is it pretty much what you guys have been kind of nutting out for the last few years and just working towards bringing everyone up to the same level? Every year set out to, you know, sort of set the goals for for the season. So there's, there's differences every year, but as I sort of said, all the, the rules of physiology are still the same. So we still try and get them strong. We still try and get them fit and hopefully put them in physically in a place that they can enact the game plan that the coach wants to play. I've got a few questions for you from some of the fans that wanted to know mainly about, I guess, their own their own injuries and how they can come back. Lower back pain. A lot of us suffer from it sitting at a chair at work or from an injury from other sports. What advice would you give someone to getting back out there and what, what how should they start their rehab? So... Firstly, I would say if you've got a like a bone fight injury, it's definitely worth seeing a, a qualified physio. And if you're an athlete, seeing a sports physio so you can get a diagnosis and a, a bit of a plan from there. A lot of the time, people get into trouble because they, they don't really have a plan to follow. So that would be my first step. If it's just a niggle that you're sort of just trying to manage yourself, it's about probably keeping a diary is probably a useful thing. So you can find out if you get symptoms, what's flared those symptoms up. Is there any patterns? Is it when you did something two days in a row? Is it when you did it above a certain volume? Those sorts of things can be helpful. Yeah, and what about in your role? What's the biggest learning you've been taught over this time and what knowledge have you gained? I think probably the biggest thing is that everyone is slightly different, whether that be their physical makeup or their personality traits or their psychology, their background, all those things go into like the person they are, which will affect the best program to put in place for them. So it's more than just things that might be obvious, like what your hamstring length is or how fast you are. There's, there's a whole bunch of things that make up each athlete as a person that then also impacts how you should go about programming and coaching for that individual. And do you ever use other sports as guidance or inspiration on tailing programs to AFL players? Yeah, we learn from other sports all the time. So it's pretty commonplace for us to, you know, go and visit other sporting clubs 
connect with their high performance staff to see how they're what problems they are encountering and how they're dealing with them because a lot of the time it can be similar problems and they've got a bit of a unique approach or it could be completely different problems that their way of solving them gives us a different way of thinking. So that's certainly really valuable. Is there any instances that's happened to you? Have you gone, you know, back to the Western Force and picked up something from there and brought it to the Eagles or any or any particular players? It's probably small things here and there, I think. I can't think of a, a particular wholesale changes, but there's probably been lots of little changes along the way or little things that I've picked up from maybe college football and states or Premier League soccer or that just tweaks the way you're doing things. So, yeah, there'd, there'd be plenty of examples, I think. Yeah, cool. You must then watch a lot of sport in your spare time. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I get a chance, I end up watching a lot of footy in the, in the season, obviously. Certainly in the off-season, I like getting out and, and checking out some other sports. Have you had any good mentors in the industry and who's kind of paved the way and maybe changed the game a little bit? Yeah, so I'm fortunate that two of probably best high-performance guys going around are at, at our club. So Glenn Stewart, who's been the high-performance manager for, for 30-odd years, he's been my mentor for, for a long time. I did my PhD at UWA under Brian Dawson, who's also... Spent a lot of time in in high performance sport. Warren Coford's my current manager now, who's head of performance. So all those guys have been a really, really great help. And how do you manage the communication with coaches? I bet there's always instances where coaches want to bring players back quicker. You know, how do you kind of deal with that kind of pressure on you guys? We we've got a really good system at, at West Coast, so it's all about having good processes in place around communicating where a player's at and also being you know, open throughout the whole process so there's no surprises along the way. But it's a very collaborative approach between high performance and coaching staff, football manager. It's a multifaceted decision for return to play, so, so everyone sort of plays a role. Yeah, no, great. And I like to ask all my guests a motto that you like to live life by. What I've found is I probably need to get one. <laughs> I would say I got told once that sort of the the glory of winning is not from what happens on game day, but from the long, boring road of preparation in the lead up. And I guess that's something I always keep in the back of my mind when something seems quite monotonous and you just feel like you're at Groundhog Day, is that what you're actually doing is, is winning a grand final right then. Yeah, looking at the bigger picture and appreciating those smaller moments. No, that's great. I, I really do like that one. Well, good luck for this season. I Maybe I wish you a quiet rehab season so all the players are fit and healthy, but a busy season in the gym. I don't know how, that, how to word that, but you get what I'm trying to say. But uh, hopefully you can have all your players out there and a good season, a good winning season for the West Coast Eagles. Cool. Thank you.